We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become the new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes. Stay tuned for why we love using Zencaster for the podcast. Are you looking to start your journey in podcasting but not sure how? Kangaroo Firm Media Lab got you covered. Everything you need to know in launching and growing your podcast is here. Book a call now at kangaroofirm.com. By the way, I just released my ebook, Harness the Power of Podcasting. To get a free copy, just go over to mikosantos.co slash free book. That is M-I-K-O-S-A-N-T-O-S dot C-O slash free book. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. A Kangaroo Fern production. Coming up next on that podcast exchange. When I was doing my course at uni at Afters, there was a big majority of just The question was in class, who wants to be on talkback and who wants to be on commercial radio, right? When I went back to lecture last year at afters, the question then became who wants to be in radio and who wants to be in podcasting? And out of the 20 people that were in the class, 15 or 20 people, I would say literally two people raised their hand for radio. Everybody else was podcast. And that was in four years alone. I had to go through a hundred rejections to actually get like appreciate what I have now. So rejection is a good thing. You're listening to that podcast exchange. The show that will provide you valuable information and advice from world-class podcast experts to teach you the best practices to be successful in podcasting. The show for early-stage podcasters and service providers to give them the latest trends, news, and new opportunities in the podcast industry. Now, on to the show with your host, Miko Santos, the founder of Kangaroofer Media Lab. Hello, everyone. It's Miko Santos again from the Kangaroo Friend Media Lab, and welcome to another episode of That Podcast Exchange. And for today's episode, we're talking to a multi-award winning freelance podcast producer. Oh, that's big. <laughs> All right. Her name is Pariya Tarsade. hope it's correct pronunciation. So Pariya, her freelance journey began just three years into career, which started with a diversity scholarship at the Australian Film, Television, and Radio School in 2019. She produced and edited, narrated the audio documentary Escape from Iran, which won a gold prize in history in silver and social issue at the 2020 New York Radio Festival Awards. So please welcome to the show at that podcast exchange, Pariya Today. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. So let's go back. So you are multi-award winning podcast producer. 
before taking into podcasting, I was curious about the documentary that you did, The Escape from Iran. So I, I read a little bit about that, that your mom yep. smuggled you out from Iran on a camel to start yes. a new life in Australia. Can you tell us about what, what really happened on that? Yeah, sure. So we came to Australia as refugees and when the revolution happened in Iran in 1979, my mum had, you know, experienced freedom before that and then all of a sudden the revolution happens and women, you know, oppressed, have to cover themselves, don't have the same rights, especially in terms of religion. Her religion being Baha'i wasn't recognised. They made you know, people convert and if they wouldn't convert, you'd either get kidnapped or tortured or thrown in jail and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty much like a day-to-day, you know, risk that my mum would take, especially marrying a Muslim who was who was my father. So six years after it, I was, you know, I was born a few years in and she was just like, I'm not having this for my daughter anymore, sold everything, got up and left and so had to escape through to Pakistan on camelback, literally, because they would deny her passports, being from the Baha'i faith, weren't allowed to have passports, whereas my dad, who was Muslim, would just literally just jumped on a plane and got to Pakistan three months after we arrived. So, yeah, it was growing up, I always kind of had that story. A lot of my friends in terms of like from the same community would have similar stories. My grandparents came the same way. My aunties and uncles all came the same way. So to me, it was quite normal, you know. But then as I grew up and got older, a lot of people would be like, oh, my God, really? That's what happened? Like you actually came, like escaped on a camel? And so I realized what a great opportunity and story it is to tell, especially to kind of be able to honor my mom for for doing something like that. I wanted to be able to tell her story because once she goes, I was too young to remember it. So I wanted to be able to have that. So it started off as a side project at uni at afters. And then when I went to ABC, I was lucky enough to to have it pitched and got it commissioned. And got an award from the New York Festival. <laughs> and got an award from it. I know. Yeah. I just... My husband now, yeah, we were married at the time. My husband, Vic, he really pushed me into applying for the award. And he's like, you've got nothing to lose. You know, the best advice anyone can give really is literally I would have nothing to lose. I would have been in the same position if I didn't win, you know, as if I didn't apply. So I'm really glad that he really pushed me to do that. That's fantastic. So, you know, what's happening right now in in Ukraine, a lot of refugees is moving out because of war happening. Mm-hmm. What do you think, because it's experience with your mom during a revolution, as a podcast producer, what can you do for yeah. people like them? I think when it comes to, I mean, because I wasn't, I didn't really live it. The only thing that I have memories of is coming to Australia and, and, and being literally an outcast compared to, especially in the 90s, compared to everyone else that was around. And I grew up in Adelaide, so I was quite different. But I would say that my mum caught and my parents caught the brunt of that. They were, you know, in their mid-20s, so they were they really knew what it was like. But there's really a sense of displacement from anyone that you talk to that's a refugee and even myself, I always felt displaced. And so I guess 
what people would do, I mean, I'm I'm not the serious kind of person. I'm not political or anything like that. That's why I got into podcasting and do, you know, funny podcasts. So I'm probably not the best person to ask. But I would say if it comes to podcasting and something, you know, such a serious topic is the best thing you could do for everybody, in, including yourself being a podcaster, is being open and doing doing your research. You know, not just taking on fake news, making sure that when you get your information from certain people at outlets, they're not fanatics, you know, that believe in a particular country and their regime. And, and in the same way, they're not completely, you know, for Western society. Like it needs to be a great balance. And media outlets like the ABC do that and SBS do that very well. A word of caution is definitely make sure you know where your information is coming from. I totally agree with that. So let's go back to into podcasting. How did you come up of being a podcast producer? Is that because of the side project you yeah. get interested in podcasting? Yeah. So I literally, I start, I did my after's degree when I was in my thirties. So I am complete, like everybody else in my class, well, there was a big, like probably 10 people in my class. A majority of them had just come out of, you know, uni doing their first degree. So they were 19, 20, 21. So I was quite late to the game, but I, I was kind of a little bit lost in what I wanted to do with my career. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this radio course. With that, I got the scholarship. But when I when I did the course, I thought, you know what, I want to get into hosting. I want to be in front of the mic. I want to have the opportunity to, I don't know, I think the same reason everybody does podcasting, to be heard, right? And then as, as kind of the course progressed, I realized actually being on radio, being on air is quite difficult. You know, it's a skill that you really do need to gain. Some people have it, some people don't. There's a format, there's a, there's a formula that goes, goes with presenting in, in whatever kind of aspect, in whatever format that you want to present in. And then as time went on, I, I got a, with the scholarship that I had, I, I had the opportunity to work with the ABC full time for a year. And then that's when I was able to get onto my Escape from Iran being commissioned with that particular department that I was working at the ABC. So long story short, I kind of fell into producing, but I actually quite love it. So being able to produce but also create my own podcast for Escape from Iran and then I've done one recently, Gila's Drive for Freedom, which again again is the story of my mum, but this time the angle was around my mum not being able to, you know, get her driver's, her truck licence in Iran and, you know, her hopes and dreams being shattered again because of the revolution. So with those kind of projects, I am able to to host and am able to kind of script and tell the story in a way that I do. And so I think when people think of hosting, they they think of just being on a show like this, you know, whereas you really need to open your mind and think, okay, is there a story that I can kind of put together, report on, script, and then voice myself? Because if you do have an idea and you pitch it to somebody like ABC or other media outlets, then they definitely, you know, will look at it and and hopefully commission it. And that's another way to be able to to host. But in terms of producing, I quite like it because 
I was always organized. I, I came from a corporate background. So, you know, and that's what a producer does. A producer has to make sure that everybody's on time. Everyone has the right information. You have the script, the meetings are, you know, you do the pre-production meeting and the editorial meetings and the debrief meetings. And, you know, there's a lot to producing. And I think anyone outside of making a podcast really doesn't, has no idea how much is involved. You know, you're a one-man band, really, in most cases. Yeah, so I totally agree with that one. So you have to, especially if you have a team, it's hard to to coordinate with the team, with the editor, with the copywriter, show notes writer, sort of everything, sound engineer. So on the podcasting, did you realize that podcasting being booming straight away because of the pandemic? Yeah, I definitely noticed that. So when I was doing my course at uni at afters, there was a big majority of just the question was in class, who wants to be on talkback and who wants to be on commercial radio, right? When I went back to lecture last year at afters, the question then became who wants to be in radio and who wants to be in podcasting? And out of the 20 people that were in the class, 15 or 20 people, I would say literally two people raised their hand for radio. Everybody else was podcast. And that was in four years alone. So just the, the, the interest in the whole, you know, industry has boomed absolutely because of COVID. People needed to stay sane. COVID is, you know, hectic as, you know, we're not even in it as much anymore and it's quite, it's quite full on. So within that period, absolutely people were like, I would have thought it would have been the opposite that people don't want to spend money and really have to work, you know, to make sure that they're safe financially and so on and so forth. But on an individual, very indie scale, it very much boomed, very much. Why do you think it's boom? What's the benefit of being an audio only instead of video? Well, I mean, I can only speak for myself. It is so much easier to edit. Like for me, I really praise, and if you could insert like a standing ovation sound effect here, that would be great because I genuinely do praise people that have the ability to edit audio and visual. There's just another layer that's added to the visual aspect and it's so difficult and, and it's a skill just like audio editing is. But like I said, it's that, that added extra layer. So, and, and you know, we have so many programs now like Audacity, GarageBand, you, you know, you might get Pro Tools or Audition or any of these kind of things that you can buy on, you know, just everyday people can buy. You don't need to be a company or a big organization to purchase these editing suites and it makes it so much easier. It doesn't matter whether it's audio or visual, you know. Yeah, especially if you have, you know, this script, it's easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Dami 4 or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. How technology helps podcasting. Being a podcaster and podcaster and podcaster producer as well, what do you advise to say people who is wanted to be like you being a podcast mm-hmm. producer? Mm-hmm. Well, when I left my job, I had nothing. <laughs> I didn't even have one client. So then I hustled and I emailed and I linked in any like companies that I knew. I did my research. 
I reached out to, you know, podcast production companies, media companies, anyone, and I let them know, hey, I'm now freelancing if you need any work, you know, here's my resume. And I always update my LinkedIn and I have a website. And I also find having a website, doesn't matter whether it's a five-pager or a one-pager, really, really helps kind of solidify people, helps solidify for people that you are actually serious, you know. And you can create it yourself on on Squarespace or whatever. I, I personally didn't, but I know those platforms are available. And I think if you if if whoever's interested does do a few side gigs for, you know, as a junior editor or as a junior producer, then taking the time to put that on your website or on your LinkedIn, because there's such an audio kind of industry, people need to listen to your work. Obviously, it's not as easy as like reading or finding an article, you know, because SEO really has to be on par. It's, it's you know, the search of searching for someone that's a good audio producer or editor just by their podcast alone can be really difficult because, you know, you have to have good copy, good SEO backing, all that kind of stuff. So if you have that LinkedIn and a lot of my jobs I've gotten from LinkedIn. So I think that that's really beneficial for people to to get out there. It doesn't matter what you've got on it. You know, it doesn't matter if you've done community work or, you know, work experience or internship for free, whatever you have done, put it on there. And if you haven't done anything, well, get some, you know, audio together, get your friends together, do one podcast you're really just trying to show your skill when it doesn't have to be this big production. It's simplicity at its finest, really. We will be right back. This episode is sponsored in part of Zencaster. Zencaster is all-in-one podcast production software that gives you studio quality and audio and video without needing all the technical know-how. It's record its guests locally, then upload the crystal clear audio and video right into the dashboard so you have high quality raw materials to work with to our listener just check the promo code that podcast has changed and you get 30% off of Zencaster professional account this episode is also sponsored by Kangaroo Firm Media Lab Australia's podcast management agency we do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to we make podcasting easy Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com And now, back to the show with Mika Santos. Yeah, so optimize your LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you think I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for them, but I really do believe that it's it's very useful, especially when I do a, a search for a podcast producer on LinkedIn, I don't find a lot, you know, not in Sydney. And I, and I think that's because we don't utilize it as well as we should, you know, unless, I'm, unless I don't know how to use LinkedIn, <laughs> that might be the problem. But, yeah, I, I definitely utilize and optimize LinkedIn. In line with that, how is Australia 
in podcasting? Are we coping up? Are we still on? You took the words out of my mouth. I do think we're catching up. We're definitely, I don't want to say we're behind, but I think the interest took a while to get to us and the faith in kind of podcasting took a while to reach us before it did in America, as is the case with a lot of things in Australia. And I think like we're just, as a country and a culture, we're kind of a little bit more cautious. And so hence why we're, you know, probably a few years behind. But I definitely think that we're getting there quite fast. And COVID definitely, like we said before, definitely helped us shoot our way up. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, totally agree with that. Because for me, most of my client is in the US. Offside in Australia, it's hard to get client in Australia. I don't know why. But yeah. so the next question I have is most of the Facebook group that belong to Australia, they usually do DIY. What is your advice to a podcast? Are you doing do it yourself? Be prepared to put in a lot of time and effort and give up sometimes. Like it's, it's just because there's so much that goes into it. It's difficult and you do want to give up, but my advice is just persist. Even if you have to put out. So actually let's, let me take it back. Pre-plan because that's really important. And if you pre-plan, there's more chance that you would actually get at least one season done. And so it, when you pre-plan and you have at least three se- three episodes up, I think that that gives you the motivation to keep going. As the age-old cliche goes, the hardest part is always starting. And so the pre-planning is probably where you'd kind of get excited and, and get in the mode. But definitely you need to put at least, you know, a few, like let me give you an example. It takes me eight hours to edit a 30-minute video. It takes, you know, two hours to probably do my research and, and make sure I script properly and then another hour to get research for potential talent. And then you have to organize yourself and your co-host right there. You're looking at 11 hours. And if you're working full time, that's probably what you're going to be doing on the weekend or a couple of hours after work. So don't think it's an easy thing to do. Even if you're doing it at the most basic level, you need to know that don't be discouraged if you feel like it's taking too much time. Put the time and effort in because it, it will get listened to. Even if it's by one person, hey, it might be the right person, you know? Yeah, correct. Especially a lot of work behind the scene of, of the podcast, not only recording. It's after that, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, post-production, you know, making sure like if you have a host or Whoever it is, a producer, maybe in your host, making sure everyone agrees with the edit and making sure the show notes are correct, making sure you have the correct title, making sure, you know, it's on the, even when it's up, sometimes you need to make sure after it that, hey, is it still there or has something happened to the platform or has something happened to the website? It's constant. Thank you for that. So last question I have for you, second to the last, maybe. What are you most exciting about this year? Yeah. So I was lucky enough to freelance for Netflix. So we have another, you know, 10 or 20 episodes to go with them. So I'm quite looking forward to having that. And then, you know, whatever comes my way, so be it. Also, the New York Radio Festival Awards are coming up again. So fingers crossed, I've applied again. So everyone in the podcast universe, please 
podcast pray for me. I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> but yeah, so I'm looking to kind of, you know, expand and and get to know new clients and, and hustle my way through, which is what you do as a freelancer. All right. So we know it's podcast movement is happening right now. So I'll be quite awake till tonight. Good starting tonight. <laughs> Very excited with that. Yeah. So question I have for you is more on the diversity and especially women in podcasting. Mm-hmm. So on my team, I got most of my team is women in multicultural. Mm-hmm. Yes. W- what's happening with the diversity, especially women in podcasting? Is that getting more traction than men right now? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. In my experience anyway, a lot of the people that I've interacted with have mainly been women or people from diverse backgrounds. And I think it's such a beautiful thing because we do get held back in society, unfortunately. That's just you know, the world works. And thankfully, with the Black Lives Matter, things have kind of been brought to light and at the forefront that it needs to change. And I was talking to someone quite recently, and they were saying this person was a a chef, you know, in quite a predominant restaurant within Sydney. And she was saying that sometimes she gets approached and gets asked, oh, we gets told we need a woman to be on this panel for X, Y, and Z. And she was actually quite disappointed at the beginning. And she didn't want to be a tick box. I tend to disagree with that. And I think you need to be a tick box of like diversity and women. And yes, we have this like X amount, you know, 50% of whatever culture or whatever sex or whatever, you know, identity, that needs to be a tick box in order for it to become normal. And I think that that's the way and and the avenue that podcasting is going down, thankfully. Women are creative. And I'm not going to say women, like that probably sounded super sexist, but (laughs) we do have a lot to offer and we're very emotive. And that's I'm generalizing here, but I do feel like the emotive side of of a woman or anyone that's emotive is what brings out a story. And that's such a beautiful thing. And if if a woman can contribute or someone from a diverse background can contribute with their story, then it's a beautiful thing. So if you have one billboard, what would you write to that billboard to advise anyone who's listening right now? Yeah, I would say go do that course, do the short course that you've been thinking about for a long time and haven't had time to do it, make time for it. Get in touch with that person that you think might not want to hear from you or that, do you know how many people that I've messaged haven't messaged me back (laughs) on LinkedIn or email or, you know, there's there's a lot of people that will probably see your email and not and not contact them but it's that one or two that are really important and and that's about the hustle so if you want to be a freelance podcast producer freelance host whatever it is just hustle and you're you're going to feel rejected and you're going to feel upset and you it doesn't feel nice but that's what makes you stronger to get to the next place. That's what makes you appreciate when you get there. You know, like before I got Netflix, I was just deflated. Yeah, I had a few jobs. They were amazing. They were great. I work with great people. But working for Netflix and Finder and Queensland University and all of those, I had to go through a hundred rejections to actually get like appreciate what I have now. So rejection is a good thing. It's a cliche. I know everyone says it and hears it, but there's definite truth truth to it. 
Thank you for that. So if anyone want to contact you online, how they can connect with you, Paria? Sure. You can jump on my LinkedIn or you can go to paria.com.au and send me a, a message. Otherwise, my email is talent at paria.com.au. If you've got any questions, I'm always more than willing to help. I know I started out as a little, little podcast producer not knowing much either. So if we can all help each other, why not? Thank you for that. So just shoot a connection on LinkedIn with Paria and she's happy to have a chat with you. And thank you for your time, Paria. I know it's been a little bit long than we expected, but thank you for your time and see you again for another, hopefully another interview in a couple of weeks or year time. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, Maria. So this is another episode of that podcast exchange. So see you in two weeks time. And don't forget, if you are early stage podcaster, service provider, we have a new community. Just go to podcastcreatorsociety.com. Thank you. Bye. Hello, Humanista. Thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. I truly respect your time. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted in the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS. If you think others could benefit from listening, please share it on your socials. And if you're a new listener, then thank you so much for checking out the show. And don't forget, you can find all resources, links, at the show note down below. Since you're listening to this, I can tell you that you truly are dedicated to making a podcast that is a game changer for you, your listener, and scales your influence and message to the masses. For that, I want to give you the Art of Podcasting course for free. To get that course, go to kangaroofirm.com slash free course. Again, that is kangaroofirm.com slash free course. If you'd like to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page and the link will be on our show notes. By the way, if you're looking to start your own podcast, our friend from Kangaroo Firm Media Lab can help you achieve that. Check their website at kangaroofirm.com. Again, thank you for listening. This is Miko Santos. See you in two weeks' time. Check out this trailer for the upcoming episode. A Kangaroo Fern production. Coming up next on That Podcast is Change. I think there's a couple of different things of what stops people in their tracks. One is maybe they just heard they needed a podcast. They went out there, they got started, they took action, which is, which is awesome. But then as they started going, they realized that it's not really what they wanted to talk about. So instead of taking that moment, like I just said, to refresh, relaunch, refocus, they just stop. This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcasts and harness the power of podcasting.
Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com.